0: السلام عليكم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين من يهده الله فلا مدل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي The du'a that I begin with is the du'a of Musa alayhi salam. And what it means is, رَبِّ شْرَحْلِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْرِلِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ نَقْدَةً مِّن لِسَانِ قَوْلِي What it means is, when Musa alayhi salam was called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take his message to Fir'aun. Musa alayhi salam before going to speak to Fir'aun, he asks Allah for these things. And among other things, he asks, Rabbi Sadri, oh Allah, open up my chest. You know, sometimes we feel like our chest is constricted. We feel like there's so much weight on us, there's so, you know, we're, we're, there's so much burden of all these things that we have to carry in this life, and we feel like our chest is closed. And Musa salam, a.s. is asking Allah to open his chest, to make it open, to not be constricted. Rabbi, shrahli sadri, wa yasirli amri, and make my matters easy, wahlul uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli, and take out the, tongue, the the knot from my tongue, yafqahu qawli, so that people can really understand my words. And I love this dua, and it's, um I try to begin any talk with this dua, because we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open up our chest. to make our matters easy, and to make our words uh, beneficial, inshallah, for you and for myself. Now, in the story of Musa alayhi salam, when Musa is called by Allah to go to Fir'aun, he is given certain advice, certain ad- commandments by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the very beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him who he is, and Allah. He says that I am Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is, is making himself known to Musa alayhi salam. And that's the very first step. We all need to know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. We cannot be successful in our own missions unless we know Allah. Musa alayhi salam had a mission, but all of you also have a mission. Musa alayhi salam needed to go and address Fir'aun. Well, let me ask you this question. You guys don't have to deal with the same Fir'aun that Musa alayhi salam did. But do you guys have your own Fir'auns? We all have our own Fir'auns. And we have external pharaohs, those who oppress us externally, but the greatest Fir'aun we have inside of ourselves. Our internal Fir'aun, our own self, our own nafs is the greatest tyrant. And our nafs wants to control us just like Fir'aun wanted to control Bani Israel. So just like Musa had to go and address Fir'aun, each and every one of us also has to go and address our Fir'aun. But, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a mission to Musa and we also have this mission. So to address this fir'aun, these, 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 these forces inside us, our nets, the things that keep us down and try to keep us away from Allah, internally and externally, how can we be successful? What was Musa alayhi salam told to do? The first thing he's told to do is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dhikr. He says, Establish salah for my remembrance. We are never going to be successful in this fight against our firaun, all of our fir'auns, unless we establish the salah and we establish the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives. And then after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this conversation with Musa, at the very end Allah again tells him very important advice. In sending him to Fir'aun. So we, he, he tells him about the dhikr. And in this, in this conversation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something very important. He says, وَلَا تَنِيَا فِي ذِكْرِيْ. So a lot of times we think, okay, we're going to remember Allah. Okay, I remembered Allah already. I'm done with that, right? I, you know, maybe I, I went to, um, I went to the khutbah, if you do. Or maybe I went to a lecture once a month. Or maybe maybe you know maybe you're praying five times a day, so you're like, okay, I already remembered Allah. But here Musa a.s. is told something very important. He says, Wala fi which means do not become uh do not slacken in my dhikr. When dhikr is commanded in the Quran, it's always commanded with qeshiran, a lot. It's not enough just to remember Allah a little. It just isn't enough. It's just like uh I need air to breathe, right? What if I tell you, uh, I already took, you know, I already took a couple breaths last week. I'm alright. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need more oxygen. I'm okay. Okay, because I, I already took, you know, I, yesterday I took five breaths. You know, right? Nobody's going to say that they'd already be dead. If you're not breathing every certain number of seconds, you suffocate and you die. And if you're not eating a certain number of times or a certain amount each day, you starve and you die. And diqir is just like that air and just like that food. We feed our bodies, we take in air because we know we would die otherwise. But our hearts are, are dependent upon this remembrance of Allah. And if we don't give our hearts that air and that food regularly, our hearts also die. And a dead heart is a heart that is completely far away from Allah. A heart that is hardened from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most miserable heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Taha. This is a very powerful ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever turns away from my vikir, whoever turns away from my remembrance, for him is a life narrowed down. For him will be a miserable life. And this miserable life, this ma'isha tan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing, it starts in this life. It's Not only in the hereafter. In this life, that person will have a narrow life, a constricted life, a life that is of emptiness, a life of, of misery. Because the one who turns away from the remembrance of Allah is like that person who's starving their body. It's like that person who isn't breathing enough enough oxygen, not getting enough oxygen into their body and so they suffocate and when we don't have enough remembrance of Allah, this is what happens to our hearts and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say قَالَ Lima لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَا وَقَدْ كُنْتَ بَصِيرًا on the day of judgment this person who turned away from the remembrance of Allah, they will have a miserable life in this life And something on the Day of Judgment will happen. They will be raised up blind. The one who turned away from Allah's remembrance will have a miserable life and will be raised up blind. And then the person will say to Allah, why did you raise me up blind when I used to be able to see? This is really interesting, subhanAllah. That person thought that they used to be able to see. But here it's not talking about the sight of the eyes. Because a lot of people, they can see with their eyes, but it's their hearts that are blind. They see things with their eyes, but they don't actually see the reality with their hearts. If they're distant from Allah, if they're away from the remembrance of Allah, actually they're blind. But they think that they can see. And on the Day of Judgment, that person will be physically blind and will ask, why did you raise me up blind when I used to be able to see? Well, the reality is they didn't used to be able to see. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reply, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قَالَ كَذَٰلِكَ أَتَتْكَ فَنَسَيْتَهَا وَكَذَٰلِكَ This is very scary. Allah says here that this is how my ayat, my signs came to you. In this life, my signs came to you, but you forgot about them. And on this day, you too will be forgotten. That's very scary. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling you that on this day you will be forgotten. Can you imagine that? This is what happens to a person who forgets Allah in this life. If we forget Allah and His signs in this life, we will be forgotten in the next life. And it's it's very important to note that whatever condition we are in in this life, internally, whatever spiritual condition we are in this life, internally, will be physically manifest in the hereafter. For example, the one who is blind internally, the heart is blind, will actually physically be blind on the Day of Judgment. The one who has a veil between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their heart is veiled from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life, in the hereafter, they will physically be veiled from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that he will physically put up a hijab between those, those people and him. And they will be separated from him. So if you're separated from Allah in this life, you're going to be separated from Him in the hereafter. Is there anybody who can stand that? Can anybody stand being separated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter? But that's what you're doing when you're separated from Him in this life. And whoever sees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their hearts in this life, will physically be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter with their eyes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this, that the greatest... Reward of Jannah is being able to see Allah, actually see him. And what is the greatest punishment of Jahannam? It isn't the fire, it isn't the boiling water, all these horrible punishments that we, we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from. But the worst and most severe punishment of Jahannam is this hijab between you and Allah. is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow you to see him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not want to speak to you and will not want to see you and will not allow you to see him and even to the to the extent that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I will forget you on this day the same way that you forgot his signs the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our air it is our food and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you remember him he will remember you Remember me, and I will remember you. I think that alone is enough incentive, right? You know, you think about, like, who's the most famous person that you just, like, you know, you you think of the most famous person that you just admire and respect. Can you guys imagine that person coming on the news and being, like, shout out to, you know, so-and-so, and it's you. Like, you'll, like, it'll, like, make your life, right? It'll, like, make your week wow, like that person remembered me, you know, right? Because that person is like someone big to you. And they remembered you out of all the people in the world, they remembered you. Imagine that this isn't a famous person, it's not some human being, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the master of the universe, says he will remember you. And he doesn't just remember you in a a gathering like our gathering, right? Our assemblies are human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assembly is greater than our assembly this is remembering you in the assembly of the angels whenever we sit and we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either inside ourselves or in an in a, in a assembly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remembers us in a greater assembly we have to make sure that dhikr is something that we take and we and we use it to stay alive when you take the heart when you take the dhikr out of the heart It's like taking a fish out of water. That fish will suffocate and die. If you want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you want to have Allah in your life and you want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you can be close to Him in the hereafter, you have to remember Him much. You have to remember Him often. It isn't enough. Whatever we're doing isn't enough. And you know, um, one of the most beautiful statements... Uh, of, of of the scholars is the statement that says he who does not enter the paradise of this life will not enter the paradise of the next life what's the paradise of this life? the paradise, the true paradise of this life is in the nearness to Allah is in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran بعد أعوذ Indeed, in the remembrance of Allah, do the hearts find peace and satisfaction, peace and serenity. That's only in the remembrance of Allah. And yet, we search for it everywhere else. We're always looking for peace. We're looking for happiness. I mean, who doesn't want to be happy? That's all, I mean, Muslim, non-Muslim, atheist, agnostic, everyone just wants to feel good. That's our goal. The problem is we look for it in the wrong places. We all have this hole inside of us. It's like an emptiness. And we want to fill it. But everybody has the same hole. And everybody is looking to fill it in something different. So that's why you have people running after different things in this life. You have people running after status. Because they think that status is going to fill that hole. Or they're running after their careers. Because they think their careers are going to fill that hole. Or they're running after certain, you know, their, their degrees. They think that degree, that PhD, that, am, that master's, that bachelor is going to fill that hole. They're running after other people, the approval of other people, the love of other people, the praise of other people. they think that that's going to fill that hole. Sometimes it's money, wealth, power, beauty. you know you're running after you want to you, you, you're running after a certain body type. you think that's going to fill your hole. None of these things can fill us, and that's what, also why do people get 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 caught up in drugs? Why do people get caught up in in and be you know alcohol, drugs, all these things? What are you trying to do? You're trying to fill this hole. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us there's only one way to fill this hole. <inaudible> Indeed, only in the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the dhikr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, does the heart find this, this peace and dissatisfaction. That's the only way to fill your hole. And so the one who does not find that peace in this life, does not find that jannah of this life, will not find the jannah of the hereafter. Because the jannah of this life is in the nearness to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The ones who are, you know, racing in this life, and they're foremost, you know, they're, they're the ones who are, they're not just okay, I'm you know, I'm just gonna be an okay Muslim. It's enough that I do this. At least I'm not doing this, this, and this that other people are doing. You know, we always in Dean we compare ourselves to those are who those who are below us. Why? Because we want to feel better. But then with dunya, we compare to everyone that has more than us. So we're ungrateful. So we say, you know, I, I don't have as nice of a car as this person, or I don't have as nice of a house or as big of a house as this look what this person has. But when it comes to Deen. You know, someone says, you know, you know, you should, you should do this, you should, you should pray, you should wear hijab, you should, well, at least I'm not doing what this person is doing. So we compare ourselves to those, why don't we compare ourselves to the, the companions? Why don't we compare ourselves to the, to, to Maryam and, and, and these people? We're not, we're not anywhere near what the, the level that some human beings have been able to get to. So when we, indeed, we should compare ourselves to those who are better than us. So the ones who are foremost, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, who are raised, it's not enough for them. It's like, let me just get into Jannah, man. If I can just get into... No, they want the highest level in Jannah. As-sabikun, as-sabikun. You want to be the best. You know, it's funny because we compete and we want the best in dunya. we We are not satisfied with just, you know, any model of this car. You want the newest model or any model of the iPhone, right? You want the newest one. You have to have the best of dunya But when it comes to Akhira or Deen, yeah, just whatever. We don't have this whatever attitude with dunya. We always want more. We always want more because that's what we're striving for. But we need to flip it. We need to be striving for what's best in Deen, what's best in Akhira. And those people who are foremost, Allah SWT says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ Those are the ones, أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ The ones who are foremost in seeking Allah in this life, will be the closest and the nearest to Allah in the next life. al-muqarrabun, And these are the people that we we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be among. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we can be near Him in this life, that we can see Him with our hearts in this life, and that we can be near Him in the next life, and we can see Him with our physical eyes and be in His presence in the next life. Aquli wa <laughs> الله okay, li wa lakum innahu kana rahim subhanak allah wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha for your wonderful words. Um, now we have some time for questions if you guys have any People are passing out note cards um, down the aisle, so if you want to write something down and someone will bring it up, or if you want to raise your hand, you can raise your hand and ask a question at this time. When you said that we can see Almighty Allah with physical eyes, what do you mean by that? Can you see by physical eyes or the eyes of your heart? What do you mean by that? Okay, so um, okay, so in this life we can't see Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with our physical eyes. We can only uh, experience Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with our hearts. Um, but in the hereafter, we're told that we will see Allah subhanahu wa taala with our physical eyes. And there's a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu says that there was a, the moon was out, and he said that you will see the after we see Allah subhanahu wa taala, and he said you will see him as clearly as you see that moon. So you will in the hereafter, if you're among those people who Allah subhanahu wa taala um, enters into Jannah, you will be able to feel, you know see Allah subhanahu wa taala as clearly as we see the moon in this life. Um, are there any other questions, kind of uh, just a little related to different topics? So I'll get to this, inshallah. Uh, if we have, I want to first focus on this this topic, inshallah. Are there any note cards out there? Okay, note cards are coming. If you have a question you want to raise your hand, that's fine too. While I'm waiting for those to come, just some practical ways to establish the kid in our lives. Uh, I, I spoke a little bit about it yesterday, but uh, first and foremost, the, the best way of, of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the things which He has made obligatory. Uh, first is the salah, the, the obligatory sal- uh, salawat, the five daily prayers. We need to really focus. Sometimes the, our mistake as a community in general is we overlook the obligatory things, we overlook the faraid and we focus on the sunnah. And this is actually not the way that we're supposed to seek Allah. We're supposed to seek Allah by focusing on the obligatory things first, and those are the priority, and then we add the the sunnah. And there's a hadith of the, uh, of it's a hadith Qudsi, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there's nothing that is more endearing to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the servant does, except those things which he has made obligatory, faraid first. So, fara'id, five daily prayers, the fast of Ramadan, the zakah, these things, the fara'id. And then my servant, he says, my servant continues to do the extra things. So now, then he adds the extra things, the sunan, the extra prayers, the extra fast, the extra sadaqah, until I love him. And this is very powerful because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now that Allah loves that servant. And he says, when I love him, I become His hearing with which he hears, his sight with which he sees, his hand with which he strikes, and his foot with which he walks. And if he were to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him. Look at this hadith. This is telling us how to be among those people who Allah loves. And once you become among those people who Allah loves, everything you do, your your hearing, your sight, your hands, your feet, becomes a manifestation of Allah's love. It becomes a manifestation of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes your will. You only want what he wants. You only love what he loves. And you don't love what he does not love. This is what this is the state we want to reach. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever he loves is what I love. Whatever he doesn't love, I don't want it. I don't seek it. I don't run after it. But how do you get there? He says first is the fara'id. So don't be trying to do all the extra things when you haven't even settled your fara'id. I'll give you an example. You might be volunteering, and may Allah reward you, you're volunteering for your community, or masjid, but you don't treat your parents well. That is going to something which is not obligatory and neglecting something that is obligatory. The Prophet ﷺ said, the best of you are those who are best to their families. (laughs) So, we, we have to take the definition of Allah and His Messenger when we look at what's best. We have to look at those things if we're really sincere. And not those things that might give us status with the people, but with Allah. We want the status with Allah. And Allah says these things come first. Similarly, sometimes when you get very involved in uh, planning or Islamic work, may Allah reward you. But you might, you know, be working so much planning an event that you miss your salah. Or you're staying up all night planning something, you miss fajr. Right? So now there's a problem here. Because that event that you're planning is something extra, but that salah is not extra. That fajr on time is not extra. That fajr on time is obligatory and missing it is a huge sin. If you miss the event, it's not a huge sin. You guys get what I'm saying? We have to re you know, refocus and we have to make sure that the way we seek Allah is the way He tells us to seek Him. First, through the fara'id. Don't overlook those things. Oh, wow. The question that came is, what are some practical ways to work dhikr into our daily lives?" That's like Okay. So so that's what I was saying. So we'll start with the fara'id. And then, uh, you know, establishing dhikr in your daily life, for example, there are afqar supplications that you're supposed to say after each salah. Establish those things. There are supplications you're supposed to say in the morning at Fajr. And supplications you're supposed to say at Maghrib in the evening. Establish those things. You can look these things up, up online. Um, there's lots of different compilations. Uh, you have Hüsn um, al-Muslim, for example, Fortress of a Muslim. It gives you some of those. Um, and, um, and And when you do that and you make it regular, this will have a huge effect on your heart. Okay, so having this these atkar in the morning, in the evening, after salah, before you sleep. Also setting up a regular halakha. I think this is extremely important. And when I say regular, it's not once every two months, not once a month, every week at least. Where you're sitting down and you're you're regularly remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're in that company, good company, and and it's something that you're you're getting. You know, as a, it, it brings you together it, and it also, alhamdulillah, it's a way for you to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those gatherings are very blessed by Allah. But you also individually need to be constantly feeding yourself knowledge. You know, you need to be reading Quran. Um, one of the things that, that's highly recommended is after fajr, especially that time, to do your afqar and then read some Quran. And if you, you know, try to make that regular. Make sure that you're connected to the words of Allah. Because that, after Salah, that's, that's the best ticket right? Because it's the remembrance of Allah in His own words. These are His words. So, make sure that you keep that connection with the Quran, you keep that connection with Athqal, Salah, and the extra prayers, if you can in- increase in your extra prayers, especially the, 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 the prayer in the last third of the night, Qiyam, or Tahajjud, um, sunan You know This is how you're going to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Regularly And please Please Surround yourself With those people Who remind you of Allah And take yourself Out of the company Of those Who bring you away From Allah And who make you forget Allah Be very careful Of bad company Bad company Is a poison of the heart And that's all you have Is your heart Because when you leave this life You go in the grave And you don't have Anything left But what you did With your heart in your soul, your body is going to pass away nobody can deny that, your body is going to pass away your friendships are going to pass away all of your relationships are going to pass away except for one, your relationship with Allah, that's the only relationship that doesn't pass away, that's the only relationship that's going to matter ultimately everything else passes away So this person asked when Musa, alayhi salam, asked Allah to remove the, the knot from his tongue, was it a stutter or did he just want to speak better? Uh, there's a difference of opinion. Some people say that he had a speech impediment and, and otherwise, um, even if he didn't, uh, it's just, it can, you know, uh, can be used obviously, um, metaphorically to mean, you know, help the words to come out more eloquently. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Actually, so there is actually uh, higher levels of Jannah, and there is different um, for us or whatever. There, he, he uh, repeat his question in case people didn't hear. He said, "We look, we look in this life after, um, you know, different higher models or higher, you know, higher levels of things in dunya, because he's he saying because in in Akhira, in Jannah, there aren't different levels or there are different higher models, but there are. Uh, there's Jannah firdaus which is the highest Jannah, and there's the Jannah where the prophets. And the the you know the, the greatest people are going to be, and it's not the same jannah as you know some of the lower gen, levels of jannah. Uh, similarly, for example, Surah al waqiah it talks about three groups of people, and you you know you hear a lot about the, the people of the right hand, right? Usually, we hear about two groups of people, as, as if it's just you know black and white. There's just two categories: the people of the right hand and the people of the left hand. The people who get their book in their in their right hand, and those are the people of jannah. The people of their book in their left hand, the people of Jahannam. But in, in Surah Al Waqi'ah, it talks about a third third group, a third level. And that's Al that, Muqarrab. Those are the people um, who are nearest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Al uh, Muqarraboon. So there is the people of the right hand, the people of the left hand, but then there's something even higher than the people of the right hand. And in this surah, it tells us that the people who are the highest, the foremost, the nearest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are a very small group of people. Whereas, the, you know, it's a little bit bigger for the people of the right hand and the people of the left hand is is large. Uh, and so we do strive, you know, the nearness to Allah in this life is not the same for each person. Similarly, the nearness to Allah in the hereafter is not the same for each person. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ that those people who were strove and were foremost in this life in seeking and running to Allah will be those who are nearest to Allah in the hereafter. Al-Muqarrabun. So those who are near, nearer than, than some others who may still be in Jannah. <clears throat> so this person says, Um, when you said fill the hole, you meant fill the spirit of your heart, the vacuum which you have in your heart. Yes. So when I say hole, I don't mean that literally, um, you know, we don't literally have a hole, but I'm talking about a spiritual hole. I'm talking about a void that we have a void in our inside of ourselves that we seek to fill. It's basically this, this emptiness, this need that we have, and we try to fill it with things. So usually we try to either distract ourselves so we don't feel the hole and that's you know what drugs are about um that's what alcohol is about I don't want to feel this emptiness I, I just don't want it I don't want to have to notice it so you numb yourself you know you, you just like you take um anesthetics you know you take it so you don't have to feel the pain but the pain is there for a reason it's there to show you that you need to do something to you need to seek the remedy yeah so there's this really great example uh, it's a true story of a man who, I think it was out in California, it was in the news. He, there was a man who, who had a lot of pain in his tooth, had a really bad toothache, and he went to the dentist. And I guess he didn't have insurance, so he could only afford one of two things. Either he could afford the antibiotic to cure the the pain, or he could afford the painkiller to numb the pain. So he had to choose. And this man chose the numbing. He chose the 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 anesthetic to to numb it. And this is a true story. What happened was he took that so he didn't feel the pain anymore but the infection was still there. He ended up, the infection ended up spreading to his brain and he ended up dying. So look at this example. What's happening here? He just wants to numb, he just doesn't want to feel the pain but has he actually cured the problem? When you're numbing yourself with drugs or you're numbing yourself with alcohol or you're numbing yourself with TV, music, uh, movies, people, you know, whatever it is, status, wealth, power. You're numbing yourself with these things, but you're not actually filling the hole. You're not actually curing the problem. So what we need to do is understand the pain itself is there for a reason. That feeling of emptiness, that feeling of of void is there so that we can seek the cure. But the cure is only in the remembrance and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only in the abudiyya of Allah, the the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the only thing that's going to cure it. Other than that, you just numb it. <coughs> so this person asks, the dua you made in the beginning, do you recite it before or after salah? Uh, this dua is usually recited, or the dua of Musa a.s. A.s., is usually recited before you speak. رَبِّ صَدْرِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ مِنْ I mean, you can recite any dua you want anytime, uh, but usually it's, it's recited before you speak. There's certain ad'aya, which are, uh, sunnah to recite before and after salah. And those you can find, the adqar of salah, um, you can find online or in these, in these, uh, collections that I mentioned. Ma'furat is another one, uh, and, uh, Fortress of a Muslim, muslim You can, you can look it up online. And, uh, yeah. Other questions? Okay, good. He's asking. He's saying that there are some people who are bad. He's talking about the bad company and good company and wicked. There's some people who are bad company for you, but you might be bad company for other people. So where is the line between uh, you know getting a- negatively affected by someone, or you know you're or you're trying to help somebody, or you know in that in that sense? And I think it's it's very important that you are very uh, you're watchful of the effect that everything has on your heart. Everything. So, you know, our hearts are always, you know, changing, like states. And, and we need to see what things are affecting our hearts negatively and what things are affecting our hearts positively. There's certain company which is bringing you farther from Allah. And you, you should be able to see that and sense that. And there might be other people who you're actually helping. But there's a difference which you know. I, I mean, I can't judge it because you know it. And, and so what you have to be careful of is, yes, finding the balance, and there is a fine line, but always be careful because you might say, okay, I'm helping these people, or I'm giving dawah, and that's important. It can't be, uh, it can't be all the time. You have to have time when you're feeding your own soul as well. So it's, it's, it's one thing to want to help other people, and as long as the, the influence is going in the good direction, you know, inshallah, khair. But you have to also have time where you're filling your own own self too. Yeah, you need to be around other people who are helping you too. And you need to also have time alone with Allah. This is another problem that we have. As part of filling this emptiness, we never want to be alone. We constantly have to have something around us, people around us, distractions, because we don't want to feel that emptiness. But we have to have time alone with Allah in order really to build that relationship with Him. We cannot deepen that relationship with Him unless we have time alone. Okay, this person says, how do I convince myself to start covering up? Hijab, abaya. Because if I start, I never want to stop. But dare I ask, how do I convince myself forever? Well, this is a very great question. And may Allah reward you and make it easy for you. At least you seek that. Uh, so the question is about, you know, in this example, it's hijab. But I want to talk about, uh, you know, what's the core of it? What's the root, root struggle? Wearing hijab or not wearing hijab is kind of the symptom. It's the, it's the ex, it's the manifestation of another issue, which is what's inside. What do I love most? It really comes down to what is most important to me in my heart. Because whatever you love, you're going to seek. Whatever you love, you're going to obey. This is just the way love works. When you love someone, you will do what they tell you to do. When you are in love with someone especially, you will do what makes them happy. Our problem is we love other things more than Allah. One thing we love more than Allah is looking good to people. Sometimes that's so important to me, it's so important to us, the way we look in front of people or or being beautiful in the you know society's standard of beauty that that's something that is more beloved in my heart than maybe Allah. And so that's why it's a struggle for me to cover up. It's a struggle for me to cover up because I have this attachment to this other thing. Whereas if our our ultimate attachment our strongest attachment our strongest love is to Allah, then it becomes easier. It's a natural consequence of love to obey. It's a natural consequence of love to want to make that object of our love happy with us. pleased, And we will be very afraid to displease the one we love. You can think about it in human terms. When you're, when you're in love with someone, or you really love somebody, you're going to be so afraid of letting them down, right? You're going to be so afraid of them being angry with you. Or, God forbid, turning away from you. You know, disowning you, saying, I never want to speak to you again. I never want to see you again. Isn't that scary? If we really love someone, that's very scary. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we really love him, that's going to scare us that he would be displeased with us. That he would say I don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah, that he would be turn away, you know, that we would that we would be far away from him. Or or that he would say on the day of judgment that today I will for- that you are forgotten the way you forgot my signs. So we have to really cure this problem, this is a symptom we have to go to the actual problem and that's our attachment and love for Allah it becomes hard for us to give up these things because we're too attached to other than Allah, and we love these things more than or too much um, and we don't love Allah enough so I would say to that person and any person who's having trouble giving up a sin any person who's having trouble uh, adhering to what Allah has commanded, work on your relationship with him, work on istighfar, work on seeking forgiveness from him, turning back to him, work on your dhikr, work on, you know, for, make your salah in time and and and, and, and then these other things will become easier. They'll become easy as you start to clean your heart and make Allah the most important thing in your heart. And, you know, by the way, just so you know, shaitan is all over here. Uh, so, you know, the whole thing of, uh, When we're, when we're, when we're trying to figure out, okay, you're struggling, you want to wear hijab, but then you have all this whispering of shaitan coming at you, and you know, you have to be aware of it. You have to be aware that so much of the, the things keeping you back, the things that are holding you back from wearing hijab are from shaitan. That's a fact. Because shaitan did not make a secret out of it that he wants you to, to displease Allah. It's not a secret. It's, it's something that he said and he explained very clearly in the Quran. So he wants you not to wear hijab. I mean, I'm here to tell you, that's what he wants, that's his agenda. And you know what, he doesn't have anything else to do. That is his his only occupation till the end of time, is to try to keep you away from Allah. And anytime you try to go towards Allah, his only job is to keep you away, to block you off. And he says, I'll come at them from their front and their back and their right and their left. And he says that he's going to do that. And 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 the other thing about Vikit is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever turns away from the dhikr of Allah, the remembrance of Allah, nukayid lahu shaytanan This is scary because Allah says that that person will have a shaitan assigned to them specifically, like chained to them specifically, and that shaytan will become an intimate companion to them. So you see the problem here. It becomes difficult to do hijab or these other things for Allah as soon as we turn away from the remembrance of Allah. Why? Because we have shaitan as our intimate companion. So then he'll start whispering things to you like, hmm, what are all the different reasons that people usually, uh You know, you're actually, you know, hijab is in your heart. Or, um, you know, you don't really need to, to wear hijab externally because as long as your heart is clean and your heart is good. Well, here's the thing about that. If your heart is clean and your heart is good, it's going to be manifest by definition in your actions. Your actions externally are a reflection of you internally. Keep that in mind. Does that mean that everyone who do, who does external actions necessarily has a clean heart? No. It's not the other way around. You guys understand. If your heart is good, your actions will be good. If your actions are good, not necessarily is your heart good because sometimes people show off. But... If your actions are not good, know that there's a problem internally. If you're not able to worship Allah properly and you're, and you're not able to, you know, adhere to His commandments properly externally, know that there is a problem internally. That there's something you have to fix inside. There's an attachment to something more than, than to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if your heart really is clean and really is attached to Allah, like I said, your worship will be natural. You will, you will want to obey him. So it is, it is a reflection of what you are inside. So it isn't true that it's just, it, 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 it's not a true statement. To say that I'm displeasing Allah and I'm not doing these things, but I still have a perfectly perfect heart, it, it's a contradiction. Your external actions will be a reflection of your internal state. <clears throat> um, one other thing that a lot of times we, we have in our mind, and this is also from Shaitan, uh, I don't want to wear hijab because if I wear it and take it off, it's worse than not wearing it at all. This doesn't make any sense. The reason it doesn't make any sense is how is it better to keep displeasing Allah than to please him and then displease him? How does it make any sense? How is that worse? It's like saying I don't want to start praying because I might stop. Better for me not to pray at all. Does it make any sense? No. It's the same thing with hijab. It's just these mind games that shaitan plays with us. No, you seek to, to obey Allah and, you know, it, suppose you did put on hijab and then you ended up taking it off. Is that worse than not wearing it at all? Who told you that's worse? Is that, again, shaitan plays with your mind. Anytime, and especially if you're close to wearing hijab, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, take out all his, his weapons on you as much as possible to keep you away. Seek refuge from shaitan and from your own self. And and get closer to Allah, increase your dhikr, and insha'Allah will become easier. That whis- that whispering of shaitan becomes a little bit um, softer, right? And it becomes it's not so uh intense. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection and realize that your salah itself, Allah says in the salah <laughs> katanha'l wal your salah protects protects you from shamelessness and evil deeds. So make sure that you have your salah in place because that's like your armor. It's protecting you from this battlefield of all this shamelessness and all the you know, all that shaitan throws at you, all that your nafs is you know, all of this stuff at us, our protection is in the remembrance of Allah, our protection is in the salah. Okay, are there any other questions, last questions, inshallah? Okay. I ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to purify our hearts and to make our lives filled with the remembrance of Allah, the nearness to Allah in this life, and the nearness to Allah in the next life.